0: Matthew, how is it going?
1: So, you know, Mike, um, everything everything is so great, right? It's media day today and, and all that great stuff. Uh, I have a sad news to report, though, is that my company has a box at Scotiabank Arena, and they were raffling off tickets to Game 2. And, man, I put some money in there, but I didn't win the tickets. Oh, that is a bummer.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> That would be difficult. Uh, rising ticket prices, as you know, you've written about, big deal for Toronto. So obviously, those go for quite a pretty penny nowadays.
1: The highest, the highest, like even higher than the Warriors runs. Like that's how much in U.S. dollars too.
0: Yeah, yeah, I saw some ticket IQ stuff. Um, they send me emails, kind of up to date on the Raptors thing. So perhaps I'll share that out later from either the site account or from my personal, but. The tickets for the Raptors Warriors is higher, um, you know, than we've had recently, and the Warriors tickets pale in comparison to the Raptors right now, which is really something.
1: <laughs> but we're in the finals, Mike, so who cares?
0: Yeah, exactly. So you know what? Um, Jurassic Park, not quite as expensive, so go ahead there. And
1: <laughs> we have Jurassic Park actually here in uh, here in town. They're they're popping up all over the. Uh the the gta right now and um, i love that i love that the i love that there's officially sponsored ones too or whatever which is awesome so i mean if if you know every suburb of toronto is getting a uh, getting a jurassic park as big as the one that we saw in game Six six oh man we're we're hyped um let's talk about game six a little
0: bit before we move into the warrior series and this pod will mostly be a preview of the Warriors what kind of were your overall reactions obviously the Raptors moving on to the finals is a big deal but um what are kind of your overall thoughts there
1: yeah I think the thing that you know we haven't seen as Toronto Raptor fans um and it's still you know a little foreign to us but man we're getting used to it now is resiliency you know and um I think uh, I I think that the team in Game Six just really showed its resiliency, being down 15, either late in the third or early in the fourth. I can't remember which which it was, and the comeback that they made with Kawhi on the bench was uh, was amazing. And um, you know, I think it was uh, I think I think as the series went along, too, the coaching actually became a huge. Um, x-factor for the Raptors which is also another foreign concept to say in many ways and that uh, you know Nurse really coached a fantastic series especially after the first two games and especially after game four I would say um, or or sorry after game three excuse me Um, and in this game he really put together the right lineups he rode the hot hands and uh, you know the combination of Fred and uh, that Fred Ibaka lineup was really great and I think that overall you know the better team, the better team won that game, and once again, it came down to the defensive end for the Raptors. And uh, yeah, yeah, like they, like like overall, just a fantastic, well-coached game, a resilient team, and a really great playoff win, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, you talk about riding the hot hand. That's something we'll dive into a little bit here and how much Nurse does that with the Warriors series. But overall, I just my biggest takeaways from that Game Six win was how well the you know, the Raptors defensively have been this series. They've been one of the best defensive teams in the playoffs, and they face you know, the most pro- prolific offense. Or they'll be facing the most prolific offense. They faced one of the most prolific in the Milwaukee Bucks. They faced a very talented Philadelphia 76ers team. And, you know, the Magic didn't have it on that side of the ball. But overall, when you look at it, the Raptors finished with the second-best defensive rating trailing only the Bucks. During this playoffs and defensively, they've been able to do so much and that will obviously be very critical in this next series they have coming up here.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, really, the, the Philly series and the Milwaukee Bucks series really showed the value of someone like Marcus. Gasol, you know, um, just the just the way he was able to command the paint and really. Uh, Disrupt a lot of things was was really impressive in ways, and you know, not to fault JV or anything like that, but I just don't think JV would have had that same impact, and I don't know if we would have been here without Gasol. And it just really, it just really shows you the value of a smart center that really just understands the game and can really read the defensive end. And is and is a chatterbox, and he really is a chatterbox out there. No, that's exactly right. And the JV Hive can settle
0: down for a moment. The Raptors don't (laughs) get where they are without. Mark Gasol in the middle, and he's been so great defensively, and there's no way JV is hanging out with Milwaukee on those high pick and rolls and able to do all the different things Mark's done. He's been really impressive, I think, handling himself on the perimeter much better than I thought he would be, and he's done really well in that area, and obviously slowing down Embiid was a big part of the reason that Masai got him, so the defensive prowess he's shown so far actually gives me a little more hope going into the Warriors series, so I guess that translates is transitions us into you know what how can the Raptors try to slow down this Golden State offense Golden State has the best offensive rating in the postseason thus far they were the best offense during the regular season you know what can Toronto do to kind of slow down this high-powered attack
1: yeah it's for me for me I I mean, this is not a hot take or a great analysis or anything, but really, I think the Raptors are going to have to continue to tinker with their defensive schemes. Um, obviously, I think I think one of the best things Nurse has done in all playoffs is that the defense changed a little bit from uh, from the uh, Philly series to the Milwaukee series, and I think it will change again a little bit here. And and the reason why is because even more so. You know the Warriors are a team that moves the ball just so incredibly well, and it's it's tough because you because I almost feel like you have to pick what your poison's going to be with the with the um, uh, with the Warriors and and live with it and stop everything else. The Raptors have done a very great job of adapting to the
0: personnel that they're facing. So in the Philadelphia series, obviously that included stopping Joel Embiid and you could sag off a little bit of Ben Simmons and kind of being ready to attack a versatile different type of offense when it came time to the, facing the Milwaukee Bucks they had more of a wall-off approach where they weren't going to let Giannis get going they were going to help off of guys like Eric Bledsoe and lesser shooters kind of um, similar <clears throat> to you know Brook Lopez at times and you could run at him and kind of run him off the line but it was a really heavy style approach of swarming the paint whenever Giannis got there and making those other guys run them off the line and make them beat you. For the Warriors, it's going to be a third scheme, and that's going to be obviously stopping Steph Curry at the three-point line rather than stopping him at the paint. It gets a little bit more difficult stopping at the three-point line because your help has to run a little bit farther from area to area. So that's what makes a Warrior so difficult to stop. But the Raptors are going to have to try to vary their schemes up and they're going to have to play the Warriors differently than they've played defenses or played other offenses so far. I think they can do that. Uh, You know, there's an old Bill Belichick adage that they said, you know, how do you get your team to be so smart defensively? And he says he drafted smart players. And if the Raptors have smart, intelligent defenders, so they're able to do different things defensively that other teams can't.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we definitely know that Durant's going to be back at some point in this series, and that also changes things a little bit, right? I think when Durant's in there, you almost have to play him straight up and probably use your best defender, Kawhi, on him more possessions than not. Uh, I mean, at this point, at this point, rest has to be not really a big factor, right? There's only a maximum of seven games left with multiple days in between. So, uh, but I just think, I just think at the same time that the Warriors are still at their best. Um, when they are, you know, when Curry's not as involved and Curry is not as um, effective, and I think that that's what they have to do. I think I think stopping Curry is the key to all of this.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. And one of the ways that I think they'll do that is by putting Kawhi Leonard onto Draymond Green, so they can switch that pick and roll and trap that pick and roll more effectively. So it will be interesting to see kind of how they handle that early on in the series and then how they handle it later. I think once Durant gets back, you're going to have to put Kawhi on Durant without, if you want to have any realistic shot of slowing him down. And You know, maybe the plan is to put Pascal Siakam on him. But my guess is that they put Kawhi on Draymond at least to start so you have a way of at least stopping that Draymond Curry pick and roll, which is obviously the epicenter of their offense when Durant is out.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, obviously for the first game, and I, I mean, if the Warriors don't consider what you just said, then that's crazy, right? But yeah, for this first game, you definitely have to, you definitely have to do that. I think, to be honest with you, that the first game is going to be very key in this series and i know we say that all the time about the raptors and the raptors lose game ones. but i mean this is a prime opportunity to get that one win that you need you know because later in the series you you, you could be regretting not having that win and uh, i know that the warriors have been resting for a super long time but i also feel that that works in the raptors favor a little bit i feel like the raptors have had a, a, a good appropriate amount of rest and are going to be ready to roll here and uh you know other keys other keys as well for the rafters is that i feel that they cannot let their offense get too stagnant at times because that's when we've seen droughts, right and i mean even look at even look at when they were on their best and doing and doing those crazy 22 to 6 runs uh in the fourth quarter of game six as well they're moving the ball they're picking and popping right like milwaukee or sorry milwaukee golden state is not a very big team and there are defensive holes that you can exploit um as you go along right and I'm really hoping that the the Warriors call the bluff of Danny Green being a little out of sync because I feel like Danny's gonna have a big series here and that he knows he needs to have a big series and that he's gonna he's gonna step up when the time is right
0: yeah so you know if he does struggle how long do you keep Green on the floor He's someone that got the Keith Bogans which for those who don't know means you play at the beginning of the half and then substitute out and never come back in. What would you do if he was struggling? Would you stick with
1: Fred VanVleet? How would you handle it if you were a Nurse? I think, I think for for Nurse, it's much easier to stick with Van VanVleet in a series like this. Maybe not against their starting five, but as they're you know flipping people in and out, it's a perfect opportunity for Fred VanVleet to go in there. So if Danny if Danny's on fire. And Dan, then 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 Danny's the obvious choice. He's the better defender. He's taller, and he he's frankly the better shooter, statistically and historically. Right. So that's what you do. But if he's not, then all bets are off. You gotta you gotta do whatever it takes to get the win. And I stick with Van Fleet, or I mean even Norm, if you have to.
0: Yeah, I think that the leash for Green is going to be pretty short, and we can talk about how much you need him defensively. And they do. They they need him to kind of step up here, and he'll probably be the guy on Curry, at least, to start the games. But if you can't shoot, the Warriors are too good defensively to play four on five. And the Warriors are going to try to hide Curry on him throughout the game. And, you know, hide might be a strong word because he's a pretty underrated defender. But they're going to try to put him on green, and you're going to try to see green being used as a screener and a way to get Curry involved in the action defensively. So if he's not able to shoot, I think it really hinders the Raptors' offense. But with that being said, you can't continue to force it when it's not there, especially when every game is so critical in this series.
1: Yeah, and I mean for me, you know, Green is 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 such a key to this. And I'm actually uh, I was actually a little surprised that you said put him on Curry um, because I would have thought that you know he's a real like in my view he's a really great Clay Thompson defender unless you're thinking something else.
0: Well, they put they put him on Curry uh, throughout the regular season matchups. Okay. And just in general, he typically tries to guard the better point guards. Kyle, for all he has defensively as a team to, uh, help defender and kind of sagging off, he sometimes struggles in those high pick-and-roll settings to get over the screens. And Danny Green's so good at kind of getting over top those screens and sticking with this guy in those shadow contests where he does it from behind. That I would expect him to stay on Curry. Um, another thing that's kind of underrated is people think you want a smaller guy to stay with Curry due to his uh, ability to separate off the dribble and separate for three. But really, a lot of times, having that extra length is important for Curry, especially
1: when kind of matching up and trying to get through contests. Interesting, yeah, and I think and I think that makes a lot of sense um, because, yeah, I mean, and I mean the. Uh, the thing is is that there's nobody to hide on with this team. And uh, you know, the Warriors the Warriors are gonna try to exploit that Kyle matchup whenever possible. Uh I mean, especially if DeMarcus is in the game, he can set off ball screens to try to get Clay Thompson open as well. So, um yeah, I mean I mean the Raptors are gonna have to have a really good defensive scheme. But like I kinda said off the top, they're gonna probably have to live with something and and try to stop everything else as, as well as they possibly can. And I think the one thing, the one poison that you cannot drink is the three point line. You got to keep it close because those, because here's a team that can literally, you know, turn a game around in three possessions, right? They could be down three and up six in three possessions at, uh, really quick. So, um, yeah, I just think I, I, I and I, I just think what excites me about this team is that the resiliency is there. They're not going to get nervous if they go down 10, Right. Exactly, yeah, and those
0: Game 7s kind of have a weight on you as a team and, you know, how you can impact that way, how they can impact you moving forward. And so one of the things that I think is a common misconception with the Warriors that a lot of people worry on is thinking that they have shooting throughout the roster, and they really don't. A lot of their guys, if you kind of look up and down, Sean Livingston, Andre Iguodala, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney, I mean, I know he's a center, but still... They don't have a ton of shooting just throughout the rest of the roster. What they do have is those elite guys, whether when Durant's in the game, but obviously Curry and Thompson throughout, that are able to put pressure on a defense much more than your ordinary shooter. So for the Warriors, that's going to be one of their keys, is finding a way to free up Curry and Thompson consistently, particularly when the defense knows they can sag off other options.
1: Yeah, and I, th- I you know I think you raised a good point there too Mike because I mean really like 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 what you'll live with I think with this team is the supporting cast right Edo is a little bit older um, obviously nowhere near as effective as he used to be um, our boy Alfonso McKinney plays meaningful minutes for the uh, for the uh, warriors as well so I mean I think there's where you've got a you know, you, you, you know, let some stuff go if it means protection from the from the big guns. But also at the same time, here's another team that you don't really want to allow out in transition because they're just a transition nightmare. And uh, and and you know, next to the Bucks, right, one of the better transition teams in the league. And with how well the Raptors did this time or, or against the Bucks, I think that'll carry over in terms of transition defense. And I think they'll have a similar strategy with transition defense as well. Yeah,
0: transition will be
1: huge against the Warriors, and they
0: put pressure in a different way. Curry, in many ways, is just as good of a transition player as Giannis is, but it's so much different in the fact Giannis puts pressure at the rim at all times. But Curry, you have to sprint back, find where he is, give him all your attention, and then it opens up the transition lane for guys like Iguodala and Draymond Green to kind of get moving and get barreling towards the basket. So... That's a great point about them in transition you know how critical they are. McKinney, they're going to make guys like them beat them, but the problem, what happens is you sag off those guys, they become a screener for Curry, and then all of a sudden you've got the same problem you had earlier where Curry's going bonkers and you're trying to kind of contain the Warriors. So it will be interesting on that side of the ball. Um, offensively for the Raptors, what kind of would be your game plan heading into this?
1: I think uh like I said you know they need to continually create that create that ball movement but I think against a team like this it can't just be movement for movement's sake either Um, they've got to they've got to move the ball with a purpose and you can always tell the possessions when they're just moving the ball for uh, for moving the ball's sake because no one wants to shoot the ball or no one's ready to shoot the ball I think um, I think a little bit more off-screen action and trying to exploit mismatches is going to be really important here Um, obviously if Cousins is in the game trying to get him as far away from the hoop as possible is really important because he's just a big body that you don't want to drive into um so you know employing a similar employing a similar offensive strategy as say in the Embiid series but as well I think you need to perhaps run a little bit more off-ball screen action to get mismatches uh and 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 again I think you know whoever whoever Curry is guarding needs to be involved in some sort of switch or, or, or or some sort of uh Screen of, in some way to be able to get him onto a, onto one of your big guns to, to guard right and defend because Kawhi is going to pretty much exploit every single mismatch he has. Um, Durant is obviously an elite defender and, and and really long and can get over those uh, can get over those uh, shots yeah. as well. But I think movement with the purpose. People got to be ready to take their shots. They've got to be square to the hoop and, and and be ready in the pocket. But again as well, you know, not always. Real, not you know there's gonna be lots of um, screen and roll action going on here, and I think that you must do that to exploit the mismatches because that's how you that's how you can keep up with the scoring punch right because you can't against against Milwaukee or sorry against Philly they got away with it against Milwaukee their defense was so good it was okay, but against a team like this with just the offensive firepower um you know they're not gonna miss many open threes. So, you know, you have to counteract that. You can't have long four- or five-minute offensive drugs against this team because you'll be down 30.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And one thing I think you'll see from the Raptors during this series is they're going to make this series as slow as possible, and yeah. they'll want to slow everything down on both ends. And what that means is you'll have a little bit less of the ball movement that we saw earlier in the season and a little bit more of green. Curry's on green. Green goes set a pipe con- a pick for Kawhi. Let's hunt Curry in this isolation. Let's try to do a couple different things with Kevon Looney outside on the perimeter. Let's kind of hunt these mismatches. It's not going to be pretty, but we're going to, in a way, kind of let Kawhi carry us. And we'll try to run a little bit of off-ball stuff just to keep you interested on the backside. But overall, I think that you're going to see the Raptors kind of simplify it more just due to the pace of the game and kind of how it's going to be played. I actually think, you know, despite the offenses of both these teams, that this will be a more defensive matchup than people are giving it credit for. Uh, I would bet the under on a lot of games here if you guys are gambling people. Um, But, yeah, I just... I think that it's going to be pretty slow, pretty methodical. A lot of mismatch hunting and a lot of Kawhi Leonard, obviously, at the top of the key.
1: Yeah, and and I think, you know... You mentioned the keys, right? Like if we're playing a fast up and down game, the Warriors are winning, right? Like the Raptors have no choice but to slow it down um, because, I mean, that just allows them to set up their defense, right? And we've seen in three consecutive series now that when the Raptors have the opportunity to set to set their defense, they are very hard to score on. So, um, you know, you know, it just makes sense for both sides of the ball in this case to to, to to do that, and uh, I think that's got to be their strategy, and I, I mean, I know everybody tries, so um, but I feel like the Raptors have the personnel, and like we've been talking about the basketball IQ, to be able to do it.
0: Yeah, uh, it's something you saw Cleveland do a lot, and you know, Kawhi Leonard is not as good of a pick-and-roll player as LeBron James is, but you saw Cleveland, when they would get in those series, their plan was, and God credit to the Warriors, it only worked one time, but their plan was we're going to slow this thing down. We're going to put Curry in a million pick and rolls. Hopefully he gets in foul trouble because for a smart of a basketball player, Curry is. He does that quite a bit where he gets these really dumb reach in fouls that I don't quite understand. And we're going to make him defend every action. And hopefully that wears him out on the offensive end. And, I, again, he's an underrated defender, so I don't want to act as if you're going after Isaiah Thomas on the Celtics here. But he's 6'3". He's pretty small. And compared to when you look at the rest of the people to the rest of the warriors and how defensively stout they are. He's someone that you can target and attack on a, a regular consistent basis.
1: Yeah. And I think that he is the weak link in the chain, right. On the, uh, on the defensive end anyway. And, and because Clay Thompson's a very underrated defender as well, I think, um, you know, he's, you know, he's awesome. And, uh, and, uh, but yeah, that's where, that's where you exploit your mismatch. Um, I uh, I expect a player like Siakam to have a very bounce back series against this Warriors defense. I feel like feel like there's going to be a lot of attention on Kawhi, a lot of attention on Gasol especially if uh Cousins is in the game that there's opportunities there for Siakam to really attack the paint and I think the key though on the offensive end for Siakam is that as Siakam drives in it, he, has to, he has to do a better job of recognizing and picking his spots and choosing what to do with the ball uh, especially before he leaves his feet because I've seen a lot of you know, bad possessions this postseason from Siakam where he, he he can't find his angle so he just throws it up anyway, right? And that's because he's left his feet without a decision or out looking around to see where he is so he needs to keep his head up when he's in there, especially against some smaller players where he can exploit them.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm not as confident in as you are that Pascal is that- going to have a bounce back series. Uh, I think they're going to put green on him for the majority of this series and green will be pretty pretty active as a help defender, so perhaps Pascal is able to sneak in that way and kind of get attacks to the hoop, but Green is so stout and so smart defensively that he's going to force Pascal into those jump shots, and perhaps Pascal is able to hit jump shots, and he had a good first two games of the series against the Warriors, but my biggest fear is that Draymond kind of shuts off the rim, being as smart as he is, and now it's in shape Draymond as opposed to fat regular season Draymond. And I think that Pascal could be in for a long series again this time. But you know, if you're taking Draymond Green off of Kawhi Leonard, I suppose you're doing your job if you're Pascal Siakam.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think another another key to the series will. I mean, we've been waiting for it all all series, right? But this might be a time of Marcus All can be putting up you know 15 points a game or a few more that he's going to draw more attention to him which just then frees up space for our other guys to, to find room and and really you know make decisions and again i think like his pick and roll game like we've been talking about is going to be so important in this series as well yeah i absolutely
0: believe that uh is there anything that you're watching kind of as a bellwether of this series that you think could be you know the one determining factor
1: uh, I think, Mike, actually, I think you already said it, and I think it's pace. Um, a slower pace is going to really even the odds against, <laughs> this high, against this high-powered team. We've seen the Raptors many times throughout these playoffs even. When it's broken down in transition, the other team, regardless of who it's been, has been able to find their spots and pick the threes. I don't think the Raptors are the best transition defense team in the entire in the entire playoffs, especially this year. Uh, when... When the pace is slower, that's going to favor them, and we've seen it time and time again, and we've seen them also slow the pace time and time again, um, and that's really what won them the Bucs series in many ways. So, um, you know, obviously create turnovers and run when you can, but, um, you know, letting long rebounds get out, nobody back there, and and, uh, doing that sort of stuff, that pace is going to favor the Warriors.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think the one key for me is that the Raptors need to have quite a few more shots than the Warriors. The Warriors had a higher turnover percentage than the Raptors did all season. They had a worse rebounding rate on both sides of the ball and they didn't get to the free throw line a lot. The reason the Warriors were so good offensively was basically that they outshot opponents and whether that be at the rim or from three or from mid-range they just shot a better percentage than or they did shoot a better percentage than every team During the regular season and then when that carried over into the postseason they have an effective field goal percentage of 55.6 so the raptors should get more shots up than the warriors i think if you can make that a significant margin rather than kind of a very close margin that's when things get interesting when the raptors are getting 10 more shots up than the warriors how can golden state kind of keep pace so to me that's the biggest kind of key to the series i don't think that the raptors are going to be more efficient with their shots so they need to get more of them up and that's got to be through turnovers rebounds and you know i guess technically it's not getting more shots up but more
1: effective shots when you get to the free throw line yeah creating more opportunities right through other through other means than in the half court is uh is 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 what i'm hearing and i mean yeah yeah but i mean the exciting thing is that i i mean People call it 4-0 or, or, or anything like that. Like I don't think that, that – that's definitely not going to happen. The Raptors certainly have a chance that they come out and they scheme right. And I think that they have the right personnel to be able to put in clever schemes and clever and, and clever game plans. And I think that that's what's really going to win them the series is coming up and being adaptable and really and really looking at what the Warriors are giving them and trying to find uh, gaps to exploit those – to exploit them.
0: Yeah, so go ahead and give me a prediction. Oh, Mike. Or how about this? How about this? Okay. okay. What percent chance do you give the Raptors?
1: I give them a seventy five percent chance to win the series. No, seventy percent chance to win the series. Oh my gosh. I know, I know, dude. I'm telling you, I'm feeling confident. I know that's I know that's a crazy high prediction, but I am feeling very confident that the Raptors can win this series in probably six or seven games. Okay. You know, I'll be
0: the Debbie Donner. I got him okay. at 30%. So.
1: Whoa! We're on opposite ends. I love
0: it. So, we'll see here. Um, Matt will probably talk sometime after game two, uh, yes. maybe a little bit later, just depending on how this schedule wraps up and how the Raptors are looking. So, great talking to you. Thank you again. No problem.